Welcome to Have You Heard, an IDF podcast. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation, a nonprofit organization that improves the diagnosis, treatment, and quality of life of people affected by primary immunodeficiency. People living with PI are the zebras of the medical world, and the IDF community is one big zebra herd. As COVID-19 becomes part of our daily lives, and as life inches closer and closer to normal for many, things like travel and in-person events have become almost commonplace once again. However, the prospect of large public gatherings presents specific challenges to the PI community. On this episode of Have You Heard, Tammy Black, IDF's Vice President of Communications and Marketing, and Alyssa Creamer, IDF's Director of Community Services, sit down to discuss some of those challenges and how the Immune Deficiency Foundation is handling them as the PI Conference and Walk for PI events draw closer. Let's get started. Hi, and thank you for joining us. My name is Tammy Black, and I'm the Vice President of Communications and Marketing at IDF. I'm Alyssa Creamer, the Director of Community Services at IDF, and we're both going to be co-hosting this podcast today. Today, we're going to discuss our return to in-person gatherings, namely the PI Conference and Walk for PI events that are taking place this fall. Thanks, Alyssa. Just like everything else that's happened over the course of the pandemic, the issue of returning to in-person events presents unique challenges to our community. We're going to discuss the safety measures at length in a bit, but can you speak to some of the challenges that are on the minds of the PI community? What are the issues that IDF has kept in mind while planning these events? Sure. So because IDF is a national organization which serves people in every corner of the U.S., there's really no one-size-fits-all approach that we could take for planning events. So some of the questions we've had to ask ourselves and consider were what are the varying health guidelines from state to state, county to county, or even city to city? Uh, What's the transmission rate of COVID-19 in the area, which varied widely across the U.S.? Were there restrictions at certain venues based on size or transmission rate? And did that fluctuate or not? And also, does the venue have enough space for distancing or availability of an outdoor component? So ultimately, the biggest question was whether we could deliver high-value educational programming in a virtual capacity rather than weighing all these other components, in addition to knowing about the compromised health status of many in our community. So if anyone in our community has joined any of our programming over the past two and a half years, I think you know the direction we went in. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We, We became a bit of an expert at virtual options. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about the things that people appreciated most about the virtual options? Like, and how easy will it be for people who want to access those options moving forward? Oh, yeah. So I think something that IDF has really excelled in over the past two years is our virtual programming. So once we pivoted and committed to being virtual, our team really went all in. So if there's an aspect of IDF that you'd really like to get involved in, we certainly have a virtual option for you. Our Walk for PI offers a coast-to-coast option, meaning that you can walk right in your own neighborhood or your community. 
Our education forums, which used to take place all across the U.S., now bring world-class clinicians to present and answer your questions right in your living room. And our Get Connected groups, which once were limited to the community in which they were started, are now offered virtually, meaning even those in the most rural areas can connect with others who live semi-near them without the need to travel very far. And the PI conference, our largest event, also got the virtual treatment. We provided an overwhelming amount of educational sessions virtually from insurance to diagnosis specific um, for everyone over the past several years. And this year, our conference is our first foray into what we're calling a hybrid event, meaning portions are offered virtually and in person. So we're really excited to see the community's reaction to this. We'll have three in-person watch parties in conjunction with an in-person walk for PI, for people who want to connect with others and talk with exhibitors. And all the educational sessions will continue to be offered on the virtual platform. So if you can't make it to an in-person watch party, you can still gain that valuable knowledge. I'm so excited about all the things happening this fall. I just can't wait. Um, I know that as I participate in events as a as a participant as a registrant, it's really difficult sometimes for the the virtual events that I'm in to still give me that in person feeling and that feeling of connection. And it sounds like you and your team have really considered that in planning these events. Um, can you talk a little bit about why it's so important for events to offer in person interaction as well? Yeah, of course. So at IDF, we know that support and connection to others in the PI community is crucial. And while there are 450 types of PI, having a primary immunodeficiency is still considered incredibly rare. So whether you live in a big city or a small town, you may not know another person with a PI, let alone the same diagnosis with you, uh, same diagnosis as you. Being able to offer networking and support sessions is really vital to ensuring that the members of our community don't feel alone on their journey. So providing these networking and connection opportunities during our events is really a top priority of the IDF team. And we've been reminded of the importance of this over the summer recently when we offered our first two in-person events for our community. One was an educational meeting with the Amish and Mennonite community, and the other was the return of our teen and young adult escape. And both of these events received such positive feedback and were a good reminder about the power of connecting with people in real life and talking to somebody face to face and sharing challenges, successes, fun stories, and just being able to meet another individual with a PI. What kind of feedback did you get from the community about both the new in-person offerings that you had and congratulations to you and your team for the first two successfully being completed of many this, this year. Um, but what kind of feedback did you get from the community on, on the in-person components, but also on the virtual components that we're still offering? Yeah, so we've heard a really great mix of wants and needs and feedback from our community over the past few months. Um, people are really craving in-person events. Uh, they miss the walks, they miss the conference, the in-person education meetings, being able to meet others, talk to sponsors, or just that feeling like you are a part of a community. And the two events we held earlier this summer really gave people a glimpse of what they had been feeling like they were missing out on on the past couple of years. 
Um, still, others are a little nervous or maybe too ill to gather in groups, or they might not live a distance that they're comfortable traveling for an in-person event. So we're hoping to be able to offer a little bit of everything for those that are interested in maybe gathering together or those that are still hoping to um, benefit from all of our programming, but from the comfort of their own home. I'm really excited for what what's to come for for us and for our community at large. Like I, I feel like we we really have um, a kind of unique definition of what hybrid means. So I'm pretty excited to hear more as we move forward this year on what people are thinking and feeling as we all begin to connect again. And we are too. We're just looking forward to getting additional feedback from our community, what they like, what they don't like, and seeing how we can tailor our programming to fit the needs of everyone. Now, while the IDF team is small um, and we'd like to go everywhere, we know we can't be at all places at all times. So finding a good way to mix that in-person component with a virtual component is something we are really dedicated to making work. Absolutely. So it looks like it's time for our first break. So we're going to take a quick break to hear about some of the free resources that IDF offers the PI community. And we'll be back in just a bit. Thanks. When PI is part of your life, it's essential for you to have a physician that you know and trust. That's why IDF launched the Clinician Finder an online tool that lists specialists in primary immunodeficiency by location. Whether you're a member of the PI community or a clinician wanting to be listed on our database, you can visit primaryimmune.org clinician finder to get started. That's primaryimmune.org clinician finder, or simply click the link in the show's description. And we're back. We've discussed the event offerings and some of the specific challenges we knew we'd have to overcome to be able to offer a truly great event experience for the PI community. But what about safety? The website says IDF follows federal guidelines at minimum. So how have we exceeded expectations to make these events as safe as they can possibly be? So we, we really waited a much longer than the rest of the community to get back to in-person events because we were so cognizant and aware of, of just the safety needs that we needed to look into. And every single rule varies state by state, county to county, location to location. So we began to benchmark ourselves against some other immunocompromised groups that had begun to get back in person. And then we checked in with our own constituents. And I know so this is a big part of your job is just hearing what other people um, want and need in the community when they reach out to us. And we were really careful to analyze risk as we move forward as well. So um, I'm, we really put some very strict COVID protocols in place that probably just to the general public may feel like we've moved back a step. But for us, it's really important to keep safety as our number one paramount goal when we have these in-person events. Thanks, Tammy. And you make a really good point. We really rushed early on to pivot our programming to virtual, knowing that our community was looking for connection and information during this really scary time. But on the flip side, we really took our time at this point before going back to in-person, giving the uniqueness of our community. So we're really thinking about them through all of this. Can you mention some of the specific rules that IDF will be instituting for the in-person events this fall? 
Absolutely. So if any of you have already registered for some of those events which are coming up, you'll you may already know this, but every single event that you are coming to that is going to be a large group, you need to either provide proof of COVID vaccination or have a negative COVID test within 24 hours of walking into the site. And we are instituting, we are using an outsourced company to make sure that we're complying to those rules. We are also working with our vendors, usually in hotels, but if it's in a conference center or something else, to ensure that the spaces are as clean and sanitized as possible, that there is space for social distancing, and that their own staff is complies to the rules that we have in place for our participants. And we're also indoors, unless you are eating or presenting, we are requiring masks for all indoor events as well, in addition to social distancing. And we're working really hard when weather permits, and hopefully it will this fall, to be able to offer an outdoor space or a separate space if somebody chooses to want to eat separately from everyone else. We're going to try and offer those, those opportunities whenever possible. That's great. And I think our community will really appreciate those extra steps and safeguards to keep them healthy. Are there any plans in place for if an area has a higher transmission rate at the time of the event? Well, I think that, that that's where the advantage of our kind of unique definition of hybrid might come into place. Because if we do have to transition to a fully virtual event for any of the events that are coming up, we can do that without sacrificing any of the quality of the educational component. So we really are, and Alyssa, I think you addressed this really well in the beginning of our conversation, we're really looking to use the in-person time to connect and engage and be part of the community. But those edu educational pieces, if they're webinars or panel discussions, are happening on a virtual platform. So whether we're not able to hold an event because of a high transmission in a certain area, or if a participant registered but then feels uncomfortable and doesn't want to come, they're not going to miss out on any of the educational component. So I think that's going to work really well. But, you know, hindsight's always 2020. Like we may have this conversation again in December and talk about what we're going to do a little differently in 2023. But we're hopeful that this is the 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 best solution that we can come up with in the time and world that we're living in at the moment. Yeah, that's great, Tammy. So I know we have a very full plate this fall. Can you recap some of what's happening for our listeners? I definitely can, and we definitely do. So our public policy team actually has two in-person state policy workshops. One just happened last week, and one is coming up in about a week. Um, we have our walks, which I know you mentioned, but they are in 11 different communities across the country. And we have our virtual coast to coast walk. So we have thousands of people all over the country are going to be participating in walks for PI. And we're so excited about it. Um, and they begin the first walk starts on September 10th, and they run on Saturdays throughout the fall. So look at walkforpi.org to look for specific locations and dates in your community because you're not going to want to miss it. We haven't been together for three years. So we're really, really excited about it. Um, and then, of course, our PI conference is coming up October 6th through 8th. 
And we're really excited about that and are incorporating the walks in the in-person locations. So the walk itself is happening on a virtual platform. So anybody, not even just in the US, but worldwide can participate for free. Registration is open now. You can sign up and not miss any of the educational opportunities. And then on Saturday, October 8th, just the final day of the conference in three locations across the US. So in the Baltimore area, in Southern California, and in Chicago, you can come and join and it really is just a watch party so the educational component is happening online but you can watch together meet other people um, in your community who might be affected by pi i think it's going to be amazing and we're also having walks in those communities on the very same day so it's going to be really exciting well it sounds like a very busy fall but it also sounds like there's really something for everyone no matter what you're interested in getting involved in so i'm so excited for all we have to offer uh coming up in the next couple of months Alyssa, as people are learning more about the events this fall and they have questions or concerns or aren't quite sure if a virtual or an in-person component works best for them who should they contact well, that's a great question, Tammy. We know lots of people will have many questions, especially as we get closer to each event, but you can go online to our website, primaryimmune.org. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says, Ask IDF. So you can submit your question and a member of our team will be able to reach out to you directly um, and answer whatever questions you may have about uh, the conference or any event that's coming up this fall. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Have You Heard? So thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you in person or virtually very soon. This podcast is a service of the Immune Deficiency Foundation. If you like our show and want to learn more, please subscribe to this podcast so future episodes will be sent to your device automatically, and leave us a review on iTunes so that others may discover this podcast as well. To learn more about primary immunodeficiency and the PI community, visit the IDF website, www.primaryimmune.org. And if you have a question that you would like to have answered, please email us at idf at primaryimmune.org. Thanks for tuning in.